Namaste. There is a question here based on one of the letters of Shirobindo. And uh, if you don't know it is Shirobindo's letter, one may just wonder. But Shirobindo's letter is, I quote, It is not you, but I who took on the, but I who look on the ashram as a failure in regard to food. In regard to food is a qualifier. I was speaking not of you in person, but of the general spirit of the sadhaks with regard to food, which in which is as unyogic as possible. In regard not only to food, but to personal comforts, it differs in no way from that of ordinary men. It is an attitude of demand, claim and desire, and of anger, vexation, grudging, complaint, if they do not get their desire. They justify their position by saying that this is not an ascetic yoga, but neither is it a yoga of the satisfaction of desire. This is Shurabindo. So first thing which is very obvious before we take the question is that always in the ashram, there have been sadhaks of all kinds and yet they have been accepted for a purpose and Shurabindo spoke of it very interestingly in one of the letters. He said, it is necessary and even inevitable that in a laboratory of spiritual evolution, as somebody has put it, the problems of humanity must be variously represented. If only sattvic and cultured people come, then there is a whole lot of humanity which will remain untouched by the new light and will create a big hiatus between man as he is in the masses and man as he must be. So they have been called and uh, taken as part of the grand plan of the yoga. Uh, the mother also mentioned it in different places. So we have to understand the nature of the ashram and the work when we come here. We'll meet all kinds of people, people who are uh, extremely gone way far into the deepest layers of yoga and people who do have, uh, you know, live on the surface. Very often you'll see a mixture in the same person, one part which is soaring high and the other part which is dragging down to the precipice. Uh, because um, human nature is not a single entity, it's a complexity. And while outside, in outside life, it remains hidden and covered, here it's exposed. For instance, good behavior outside is largely because of certain inter vested interest. We, we better behave well, otherwise <laughs> we'll be thrown out of the company or we'll meet some consequences. So many people are very nice outside, but in their home, you have to ask their wife or husband how they are and then you get to know a little bit about the truth. So, but here there are no such uh, outer pressures, social pressures. They've been taken away. There is a great degree of freedom. So things which are inside come out and that's how they are going to get sorted out. We become conscious, we become uh, uh, more and more discerning and the journey goes. So this is not only about here, by here I mean all those who have taken to the yoga of Shirobindo and the mother. Though the uh, transformative pressure is maximum here. So no doubt you will see much more the same phenomena here. In a certain way it is happening in the world and everything that is hidden is coming out. Then comes the question part. I love tea and when having it, I am reminded of that letter and often feel I am one of those sadhaks. Not at all. This is very clear. He is speaking about demands. And uh, I'll just read the words again. An attitude. He is speaking about the attitude. An attitude of demand, claim and desire. And of anger, vexation, grudging complaint. If they do not get their desire. So the difference here is that, well, people have tea. It's a habit. It's good to get rid of it. 
if you know one can but that is not the idea here the focus is on the attitude the attitude is that i i demand it i claim it and if we don't get it we get angry we get frustrated we get annoyed we get irritated we shout all kinds of things people do because you know shubhendra's one poem where he speaks about he said i am egoless free then swore because his dinner was not ready i asked him are you so very sure he said yes it's not me but the god of my belly that is hungry so we give all kinds of justification the the here shubhendra is speaking about the attitude so demand claim grudging complaint anger it is this we must work upon have the tea there is nothing no problem if you have the tea and don't start fighting with the habit of tea <laughs> but uh, if one has to fight one has to fight with the attitude because if the attitude doesn't change it will take many forms that's what he is saying it's not only with regard to food it could be today electricity has gone it could be you know my room is not comfortable it could be about somebody speaking to Uh, us in a certain way so all these are attitudes yoga is not about what we are doing but about how we do it having said that yes tea and coffee many other things in this world it's good if we can get rid of them because they have certain effects on the human system of all kinds so that's a different subject altogether but here the emphasis is on the attitude especially which comes from the craving soul of desire craving self of desire that we must work upon through equanimity bringing peace becoming conscious stepping back first reaction maybe sometimes of um, irritability that's a minimum it may get expressed in speech and word then we have to remember this is not my goal okay i didn't get my tea it's fine uh, let me just pray to her and offer to her this what is being said here the second is does one have to wait to let go of such silly habits of food till the psychic becomes strong not at all the psychic realization can be had with many many much more glaring defects of nature must understand that even the self realization there are people who have authentically realized the self but used to get angry even their language was sometimes um, i don't want to take names but there are names well known in the history of spiritual literature even swami vivekananda would get very angry and sometimes you know use a very strong language durvasa rishi is well known in our um, indian mythology and he was not an ordinary rishi somebody who whose word carried a power of realizing itself not an ordinary rishi had no vishamitri is another example so realization of the psychic and the self realization do not require such a great mastery but having said that what they need is a one pointed focus but having said that definitely a mastery over nature facilitates the process otherwise we are again and again dragged provided we don't forget that mastery over nature by the power of the mind is not equivalent to spirituality that makes a moral man ethical man it's good because you know a moral man a ethical man becomes so by controlling the vital by the mind that's what it a reasonable humanity is it's a good thing but it's not spiritual spiritual is when you go beyond the mind now when you go beyond the mind many of the things that we normally control by the mind are taken away there is a stage when the mental control is lost and that's when all kinds of things can enter they do enter irrational forces normally reason is keeping them under check and they come up so each one has to deal with them handle them in their own way but 
if leaving tea was a uh, you know uh, primary requirement or such things many such things for the yoga and yogic life or realizing the psychic then probably hardly anybody will qualify for it what is required for that is faith devotion surrender to the divine mother concentration in the heart the urge to give oneself the aspiration for progress these are the things required rejection of the demands of the vital strong ambition strong sexual impulse all these have to be rejected fear these are the things to be rejected not these things i mean they have to go at some point but they relate most of these habits relate to the physical body and they usually go much later not even with psychic transformation um, often when the yogic force begins to work upon the body that they go it's not easy there are instances of all kinds which obviously i don't want to take up it's a long story but for psychic transformation we don't need this we need one pointed attention focus so we have to understand there are two sides of the effort one is positive the, the other is negative by positive it means all that will lead us towards the goal by negative means all that we must leave behind which is coming in the way of the goal so both mother and shubhendra have very clearly said that the bulk of the effort 75% should be in the positive direction that means concentration aspiration devotion faith surrender but 25% also on the on removing certain things by the pressure of will and effort uh, which are coming in the way usually certain very strong elements which come in the way uh, one should not start fighting open too many battle fronts and start fighting with each and everything within inside that is the same course and most important is to establish peace and equanimity as a fundamental requirement uh, very often uh, to get disturbed by one's own defects is itself a lack of equanimity and peace this doesn't mean that one has to say okay fine i am in peace doesn't matter whatever defect i have what it means is that well they are there one has to patiently keep applying the aspiration for yoga growth of sincerity without getting disturbed without feeling guilty about having an extra rasgulla so to say so that should be the approach